0: Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the next episode of the Happiness Discipline. By the time this comes out, I think this is going to be episode 80-something? 80. I started two years ago. That's cool. You got You got no pressure, but you got to be the best The best guest, Mike. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, guys, Mike, uh, this is what I'm really excited about. Uh, Mike, so and I don't really know that well, Um, we've, we have some similar friends and, you know, I heard about this guy that like, you know, lifts things super heavy with one arm up like this. And then like (laughs) I bumped into you at a couple ultra marathons and like, wait, I thought he was a lifter and he's super, super fit and can run far too. Um, Something I aspire to. And then honestly, what caught my eye, Mike, was you had a post recently uh, announcing your partnership with Organifi, which there's awesome, by the way. I have a green juice right over there. And you were kind of saying like, you know, you were like, it was a giving like an introduction to who you are. I do this, 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 this. And like Organifi is like my overall partner to keep me healthy. Um, A couple things caught my eye. So we, we, we know a lot of people that run really far and lift really heavy and sweat a lot. Um, and sit in cold water, but I <laughs> had some things where you're like, I like to test my mind and you talked about four days without eating and some things like that. And I just, I I reached out right then. I was like, Mike, you know, I know I just, we saw each other at, you know, running man recently, like, dude, like let's, let's hop on the pod. And I'm really excited to just dive in and get to know you a little more. And really what I want to focus on is the, why, like, why are you doing these things? Because, um, everyone generally has a very interesting why they run hundred miles and Mike, (laughs) was this was javelina your first hundred
1: the first hundred i ever completed was definitely was javelina yep
0: awesome well congrats on that mike just completed the javelina 100 and mike man i'd love for you to just give a quick intro on yourself um and uh and yeah then we could drop right in
1: sweet well thanks so much sean for having me on the podcast Um, Yeah, I've been a coach my whole life, started off um, doing strength and conditioning, and was pretty fortunate to garner an internship with the New York Jets at my college in upstate New York, and then went out to LA and started helping guys with the NFL Combine, and so early on, I was fortunate to work with some of the best athletes in the world, but I've always been interested in what makes people happy and healthy. And so that's taken me through various disciplines. I think similar to you, Sean, like I like exploring myself mentally, physically, emotionally, all the different aspects. And so um, I've done a lot of cool things um, that I think are cool. That's why I like to do them. Uh, lifting weights, um, paddling across you know, the ocean, um, running 100 mile races and uh, doing some fasts. So yeah, I... then share all of that work with others in my performance coaching business where um, it's less about like the flashy stuff on the outside that's that's cool um that stuff is great but it's really about how we feel about ourselves and that internal practice that affects us day to day
0: yeah wow um i'm excited to drop in but you just reminded me of the real thing that that caught my attention. In that clip, you said you paddle, it was paddle boarding across the ocean?
1: Yeah, so it was from the Bahamas to Florida. So not maybe across the whole ocean, but from one continent to another. <laughs> one oh country to another.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, let, let me hear about this. Like, how long was this? Like, yeah.
1: So it's an 82-mile paddle. And um, I got introduced to it from my buddy, Bo, who owns V23 Athletics. a gym down in Denver that I love to work out at he sent it over to me and wanted to originally do it as a six man like ocean canoe outrigger um, and i looked at the website and i saw that it had like individual paddleboard option and i was like "Bo, let's paddle this like i love paddleboarding i used to race a- won an international race in Costa Rica one time. It wasn't the hugest race, but it was kind of fun to, to train and paddle down there. Um, and so it was, it was great. We signed up for it. We trained a bunch out in the winter here in Colorado. We did a trip out to San Diego to get some more time on the water. And then, um, yeah, went out to Bimini in the Bahamas and raced um, with this organization called um, Crossing for CR, for Cystic Fibrosis, CF, sorry and is a great organization, raised a bunch of money. I think our team raised over like $30,000 for this organization. And we start the race at midnight. Um, You can pick kind of your theme song. And if you think about it, you have like, I think there's a hundred people that did this crossing. So it's in the middle of the night, you're lined up on the beach, your support boat is like way out in the distance with just like a red light. And they play you your theme song. I think ours was like kickstart my heart by Molly crew or no, excuse me. Um, Gosh. Yes, that is Molly crew. Sorry. And then we just jump on our boards, paddle out to the boat. And then we're just paddling in the pitch black, um, like kind of one behind behind this boat until the sun starts to come up. Sun starts to rise. It's really cool. I think you probably have seen a sunrise from pitch black before, but all of a sudden you start to just see things start to get a little bit lighter and your body really naturally accumulates to the light. Um, And by the time the sun actually rises, you've already thought it's been day, but the water was really calm in the morning. So it was hard to tell between the ocean, endless ocean out in the distance and then the sky. And then when that sunrise came through, it was like the most spectacular vivid, sunrise i've ever seen in my life like just see no one out there except a few people that i'm with and when you just turn and turn your head in the direction it's just absolutely gorgeous yeah Um, bunch of sharks yeah it was was cool it was a cool experience i highly highly recommend it for anyone that's loves the ocean and you can do it as a relay you don't have to paddle it all on your own Uh, but took us about eight 16 17 hours
0: Whew, dude that that's cool and um <clears throat> you mentioned it's it's one of the most vivid sunrises of your life, right? Uh, well, let me ask you, why do you think that is?
1: I think it's most unique. Like I've never been in the middle of the ocean, surrounded by nothing, and then just that visual. Um, I've never had that before.
0: Yeah, dude. That I think I think you're right. Right, most unique. I, um, what came to my mind was also potentially um the mindset that you were in right like you know you were six hours seven hours I don't know exactly when the sunrise was into a long crazy endurance event right Mm -hmm. and and you have this memory like I saw dude you, you you sat up a little straighter like your energy lifted like I saw you like reliving it you know in your head and that's kind of one of the reasons that I get attracted to these things that are, um, even whether it's like your micro daily challenges of hitting the gym, you're like, you know, you're like mini adventures or like the big thing, like the actual race. But I, I do it because it creates memories and it creates like visceral memories that I can feel. And like, I can come back to, and you know, it just, you, you get so in the zone. Um, I mean, Hey, like on top of that, you got to see the the coolest sunrise of your life, right? The sun rises every single day, and that was the coolest, right? It's not a coincidence that the coolest happened to be at a time that you put yourself out in, um, you know, a, a challenging position. Um, and I think a lot of times people focus on like, I don't want to say they're negative, but they focus on the negatives. Oh, why would you do that, right? Like, you're probably like cold overnight on the ocean. Like, you're probably exhausted. You're not sleeping. Like. You know, there's no real point. You know, it's not like you're trying to like escape the Bahamas and get to Florida or whatever. Um, and a a lot of people focus on that. And I think we're lucky, Mike, that we roll in circles where we might have um, a lot of people that actually see the the benefits of these things. Um, and it's some one one of my missions with this podcast is to find people like you and make sure we can spread your message because um, there's so much that could be done. I'm sure. You didn't, you didn't think that was something you were capable of at one point. And then, you know, you find out that you're able to do it and it sounds like you did pretty well too.
1: Yeah. And I'm encouraging everyone listening to do it. It's, um, there's different levels to things, right? And so we all have certain skill sets and then there are various challenges available. Um, some more than others, right? It's not a common challenge to paddle 82 miles in the ocean across the Gulf stream, but it is something that's available. And the more... Um, creative you can get and better research you can do. Or if you listen to this podcast, now you know about this thing. You can Google crossing for C for CF and you'll see this race that you can sign up for and get some buddies and book a flight down to the Bahamas and make it happen. It, yeah. um you know, it's like it, it takes energy it takes belief. And also just takes hearing someone that's done it. That tells you like, you can do it too. Like there's nothing really special about me. And the reason that I can paddle across the ocean, there were tons of different people out there and Sean, I bet you can speak to the long endurance races. You see people from all walks of life doing ultra marathons and it's beyond inspiring. It, it, it is. And you
0: know, something that I like about like fitness and endurance events specifically is, um, they're, they're basically doable for everybody some pipe, some people could do it off, you know, six weeks training. Some people will need six years, but they're basically doable for everyone. And it teaches you a lot of transferable skills. Like when I signed up for my hundred miler, I was in no way, shape or form capable of doing a hundred miler. That's why I signed up for one way out a year ahead. I was like, I'll sign up now. So it's going to force me to train. And I thought, well, if I could run 50 miles four to six weeks before, I'll feel confident, you know? So I signed up for a 50 mile or six weeks before. I was like, let me get like, you know, a 50K way before, six months before to show that like, you know, I'm there and then just hold that for a while and then really ramp up the training at the end. So I signed that and I got that idea just by, like you said, putting energy into it. Don't Just honestly, 10 minutes of research, right? I say, I was going to say research, but that's too... Patting me on the back. It was 10 minutes of like research. And I texted two people that I've done it before. And then you, all of a sudden, now you have a, a realistic plan to achieving things. Um, and I, want, you, you said something about all walks of life. Uh, I want to tell you about my first 50 mile finish. Um, I was, so <clears throat> I had an interesting start to my, my ultra running career, if we could call it that, you know, to ultra running. Um, COVID hit. I was a basketball player, not a runner playing basketball seven days a week, every day for the last 15 years, like no, like every single day, Mm -hmm. um, COVID hit all the gyms closed. And I just called my buddy, uh, Matt, I actually, I've had Matt Choi on the podcast before I called Matt. I was like, yo, like we got to do something, man, let's run or whatever. So we just said, let's run 200 miles this month. I did that. My body felt like it it broke down, like my (laughs) foot hurt, like everything. And I was like, okay, maybe I should ramp this up. But then when we were doing it, our buddy Jason was doing it with us. And uh, Jason goes, I'm signing up for this 100 miler out of nowhere. I didn't even know 100 milers were a thing. Like most people don't know their races. And he goes, and I need someone to pace me. And he's like, I'm reading the, the details. It says the pacer can start at mile 50. So just do the last 50 with me. And I was like super ignorant to this. And I was like, you're going to go slow, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right. you know." And I was like, we can have hiking poles. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's we'll, we'll get it done. So we're in we're in the dark in Utah at the Buffalo Run, mile seventy seven. I'm twenty seven miles in, ten thousand vert. Like it's twenty degrees and sleeting, and dude, I swear I I have a broken foot. Right, like I'm like my I'm like Jason. I can't just and it's like this figure eight. So we're back at the car too. I was like. I basically quit on them. Right. And I went straight to the, the ER and I was like, I need you to like x-ray my foot. Like my foot has been broken for 20 miles. I've just been scared to tell my friend. I get an MRI. There's, and, and I, I would like to think that I have pretty high pain tolerance, not a um, hypochondriac. And um, there's nothing wrong with my foot. <laughs> a week later, I, a week later I was running, right. It hurt for like another six, seven days. And a week later I was running. So I started to realize like, okay, like about phantom pains and stuff like this. I made a commitment to myself. I'm going to run a hundred miles. And I, I got that. Then I start. I paced Jason like three months later, really did well. So I was like, I was like, I'm just going to sign up for a 50 miler now. And I'm running. And at th- so at this point, I'm sorry, six months later. So at this point I've been running a good bit for six months and I, I know I'm generally fit and I come across the finish line um, at this 50 miler and I'm coming up to this finish line. And they tell me, they're like, you know, you're like, you're just over eight hours. You're in 10th place. Go, go, go. And it was like, I was, it was like, they wanted me to try to like beat eight hours or something, which I wasn't going to be able to do. And I'm, I'm feeling good about myself, right? I was like top 10. There was hundreds of people there. And I kick it into what was my high gear, the last full mile of street, right? And this dude comes behind me. Not does not have a fitness physique. Not only that, he had like you know you have we have like tight like salmon like a running vest on that like glued to our bodies like you know whatever we got the ten thousand shorts like we're like looking the part. This dude was wearing like basketball shorts, a backpack with straps that were like flapping. He was like a mess, dude. Like water, like not even sweat, like water and like whatever he drank on his shirt. And he comes by, and again, he was forty pounds overweight breathing out of his mouth, no control and, and goes past me. And, you know, ultra running is not like a competitive sport, but I was like, I'm at least going to finish with this guy. So I go to kick it and I just could not catch him to save my life. Right. And I finish and he finishes ahead of me. And when I finish, I like, you know, I kind of like, you know, like bend over and like act like I'm tired. He acts like he got shot, like he was dead. Right. And he was down there like dry heaving, bombing, everything for like an hour. And I waited for him. I, dro- I drove myself to this 50 miler and was just going to drive back. I was there alone. I waited for him. And at the end, I said, man, your finish was the most inspiring thing I've like, ever seen in my life. Um, And, and I don't want to be rude, but like I think if people like saw us next to each other, most people would bet on me. And I was like, and I want to know like what goes on in your mind because I've never seen someone finish like that and like and he told me he goes i would have rather died on the course than not given it 100% effort mm. and like he had the look in his eye and he was he was v- completely serious like he's like 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 they would have had to like remove me from the course for me t- like cuz i was just sending it and dude i still get chills like thinking about it and he's like he this guy i wish i knew his name i've had his head in my or his facing my head for 30 years. He's the reason that like, I do a lot of these things was like, he had this like calming presence after this piece that I was like, this is why people do these things. Man. <laughs>
1: totally. There's like a spiritual aspect to it, especially out in nature. You're by yourself. There's that repetitive pitter patter of your feet. That's an incredible story. You got to name, you just got to name this guy. Got to come up with that name. He's your like, he's your Miyagi.
0: <laughs> he's my Miyagi. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man he's like uh he's just like my my visionary but uh yeah man I want to hear I want to hear about this um this Javelina 100 you did um how was the experience overall were you like with pretty smooth sailing or did you get some some low points
1: um it went pretty well so I wasn't able to complete the Leadville and then after that, I was pretty bummed because I felt like it was more of a strategic era. I felt like I was fit enough, um, but I wanted to sign up for another race to try to complete 100. And Javelina was available in like six we- or eight weeks after two months. And so I signed up, And I was 405th on the wait list. And so I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to get into this. Like That seems like a lot to me. And so my training kind of like, what, I wasn't as motivated to train because I wasn't sure if I was going to do this race or not. I also just ran 100K in Leadville. And so I was, you know, a little fatigued from that and just from like not getting it, like mentally that was fatiguing for me. And then, so I went into Javelina, I got into the race 18 days before it actually started. And I had only been logging like 20 miles a week. So I did do the 100K in Leadville, but then like not a lot of running. And, and so, how much
0: time are we talking about? That's eight weeks okay
1: yeah so um yeah and then 18 days before i was like cool i mean i saw you in running man the week before that was probably the longest i've ran since Leadville, like a 13 mile run and so um i was just gonna go and do give my best you know not go out too crazy the elevation's like half of what was at Leadville. um it's not at altitude but it has a lot of heat and so just wanted to make sure that i could maintain, do well with the heat and it's a cool race. It's like a five mile loop and you come back to one huge aid station that your crew can be at. And so for Leadville, I pulled out all the stops. Like I've got an Airbnb for a week. I've got my mom out there, my dad, my family, my girlfriend, like my friends pacing me. They didn't even get to pace me. So I was like, I don't wanna ask anyone to come to this one. I just wanna do this one. And I wanted Kelly to come, uh, my partner. So Kelly came out, she crewed me and yeah it went pretty well i mean i was running until like mile 70 or so and then my feet kind of were just didn't want to really run anymore and so i was kind of like jogging putzing from then on but uh yeah it felt great it felt great it felt great to finish and motivating to know that i could just like be awake and moving for longer than a day um i had a I had diagnosed with a sleeping disorder when I was younger. And so I always kind of worried, like, am I going to be able to like be awake? I don't think I've ever stayed awake that long in my life. Like, I don't really party or stay out late. I've never really done that. I'm not yeah. like an all nighter type of guy. And so I think it'd be harder for me to just like be awake at home, like watching movies all night than it was to run. Dude, <laughs> I,
0: I, can, I can relate with you on that. like. That was the scariest thing for me, like staying awake. So one of the hundreds my buddy did started at 6 p.m. Talk, that is like brutal because you're – no one – you're not going to sleep all day leading up to it. That's just you – know you you're just not going to be able to do it. So you're basically up for 48 hours like if you're going to finish. That was – that's a gnarly one. But um, that's what I was most scared of during mine was the running. I'm sorry. there was the sleeping actually. Um what, what'd you think about that? You know, there's some of these longer 200 mile races that, that, and then your pace slows. So you're talking three, four days. Do those intrigue you at all?
1: A little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, so after I finished Javelina, I was pretty tired, but was able to like sprint through the finish. Like it has this like quarter mile lap that you do each, each loop. And so the final one, you're going down to the finish line. And I was just like booking it, like, um, thunderstruck came over the loudspeakers like right when I pulled into the corral and that that song I just love like since I was 14 like playing high school football and so I was just like in my little 14 year old head just like flying through and like when it hit like the main part of the song I just crossed the finish line and so that was a cool experience um, but then I uh, I got back to the car you know and then we drove to get some food And then I took like a little 20 minute nap as we're waiting for the food. And then I was good. Then I dropped Kelly back off at the airport and drove like three hours by myself up to Sedona and then was like awake and feeling okay to drive for like a decent amount of time. So I think that 20 minute nap did a lot. I don't know how long I could have carried that energy for, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, definitely made me curious about the longer was
0: yeah, that that's interesting. I, you know, when we look at these challenges, there's always a balance of like, am I crazy or you know, is this a, a fun, just a good challenge? And then there's also the other side, like, like is that like a limiting belief or should I really not do it? Because I've stayed away from anything over a hundred because I don't know for some reason, like like I'd rather, I don't know, like being like sleepy tired, like that, that, that doesn't sound fun to me to fight through that. But at the same time, that is that like, that is just another challenge. And it's probably a fear that should be faced in my, you know, and I, I guess it's me not facing that would be incongruent with like my other lines of thinking, which is starting to get me to think like, I'm just having like, like a limiting belief or something like that. It's like, ah, you should probably sign up for one of these longer runs. Um, at that, I mean, at that point, they're kind of like walks, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Long, long yeah. Long. I think oh. for me, it's like, I would love, to, I think, to do one of those, but it is a lot of time. Like it's a lot of time dedicated to training and then the recovery aspect. Like after, you know, a three or four day um race, like a 200 miler, There's a long recovery time for your nervous system and for you know your body and all these different aspects. Like I didn't feel physically great after my hundred for like a month or like five weeks. And um that's not a terrible thing, but it's an investment for that one day.
0: Well, or I guess in this case
1: one event, right? (laughs) Or like three days probably more of a more of a journey, but yeah, yeah. One that's on my radar. I'm I'm signing up for Lead Man this year, which is all of the Leadville race series. So you do like the trail marathon, then the 50 mile bike, 50 mile run, and then um, those are back to back weekends, and then the hundred mile bike, 10k, and then 100 mile run, back to back weekend.
0: Yep. Uh I know I know a couple of people. I was talking to someone this morning, Matt Johnson. I don't know if you know him. Um but he's, I guess- uh, he's
1: I just convinced him to do it. Actually,
0: I was on the phone with him today, um, mm-hmm. and he he said he's gonna do it. I think I'll be, I think I'm gonna do Leadman or Leadville next year. Um, just the the run. Yeah. So let, let me ask this: how, um, how big was Javelino? Like, was it a big production like Leadville or no? Uh,
1: it had more people than Leadville.
0: Interesting. Have you ever done a uh, ultra that had like that was like very very small?
1: Um, I have, yeah, like very small, like maybe 40 people. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Most of my ultras have been like that. Mm I
1: kind of
0: like that. That is definitely my preferred size. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the, that is honestly the only thing that's keeping me from Leadville, is it feels like a lot of it's not about the run. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's just Maybe that's just because I haven't done it, right? I've I've only had the spectator view, right? But um, there's something about it, man. The 50 mile I ran in Wisconsin that I was telling you about, there was like like a like a two like metal prong sign in the ground, like this big that said start finish, and like when you finished, I'm not exaggerating, there was a dude with a hand stop clock that had my time on it, and as I crossed the line, this dude was like 900 years old. He's been an ultra runner in the Wisconsin community. And he shook my hand. He's like, good job, son. And he handed me like a little patch. <laughs> I just walked away. <laughs> and yeah. like something about that was like gritty, you know, like I, I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, the Leadville has like aspects of that as well. Obviously it's, it's owned by um, Lifetime now. So it's a huge production and you've been there. And so you kind of, yeah. you see that aspect, but it also is a hundred miles. So you can't yeah. like, I don't know, like take your pictures through the whole thing. Like you got to run it. Like you got to move through the whole race, but it was founded by Ken Kubler and he's a very like mountain, like Colorado, like, you know, purebred mountain man. And so it's cool when he gives his little speeches on like, you know, grits, guts, determination, push through adversity. And Leadville is just a cool town too. Cause it's, it's all built on that. So the energy is like, I know I felt it a lot, especially in the 50 miler that I did at Leadville. Like there's this guy who's running in cargo shorts with Poland spring water bottles in his back pocket.
0: <laughs> dude, that's what I like to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe that's your new race kit right there. And the
0: Poland spring. Dude, I've been saying for years I want a Poland spring sponsorship. I'm like, I'm like, you dude. spring water? Like that'd be the best type of sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Dude that'd be too funny um uh, i want to hear you did so you've done a four-day fast before yes i want to hear about that what was the reason behind it was a physical thing a mental thing and and maybe a little bit about like you know just your experience
1: yeah so i am really into nature and the way that it can be used as a as a method of like learning about the human psyche And so I really got into rites of passages that have been done in um, lots of different cultural communities throughout forever. And I have some Native American blood in my family, and I've related to some of that heritage. And um, I reached out to a wilderness guide who leads quests, like vision quests, wilderness quests, um, as rites of passage for people, um, and specifically men, where you bring men out on the land, and fast for four days, three nights, um, and basically call, cry, pray for a vision for your life um, from, you know, something that, well, the language he would use and I would use would be spirit, you know, God, universe, energy. Um, and so I believe that we all have souls and then spirit is the thing around that we can connect with. And so I was um, doing my fast as part of my quest where um, if you think of like um, like a four directions like the the guidelines you have northwest um north south east and west and the east would be like a a baby or a grandfather energy the south is very egocentric like an adolescent like a me 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 kind of like i think what you're describing with a leadville or a big race it can be kind of like egocentric in a lot of ways our society lives in that type of space. Um, The West is like the dark aspects of our soul. Like it's even portrayed in media, like Wicked Witch of the West. And then the North is our true North. So our true vision, what we're meant to bring into, you know, this world and how we can serve others through our purpose. And so um, I feel like there's a lot of people in this world, especially in this country that live in a false North where they, are an adult in terms of their age. And they might have like a fancy home or, or cool cars or stuff, but they also live in a really Southern existence mentally and emotionally. And it's because they haven't gone through the West, like through the shadow aspects, through that, their inner dark demons or traumas, all those types of things. And so the quest is an opportunity to work with a guide and a coach in order to go out on a fast where you're in the middle of a pure wilderness. You're not seeing anyone else. Ideally, you're not seeing any trails or anything else. And you don't eat any food. You just drink water. And you only have a backpack with tarp and some warm clothes. No books, phones, cameras, like no electronics. Nothing to distract you from just being in that place. And so that was when I did my um, best, was out in the mountains, uh, 11,000 feet in New Mexico. Wow.
0: Good for you to, to sign up for that and do it, man. That, that's really cool. Um, I, I, uh, I heard like throughout like an underlying connection between kind of just like your trust in like almost like Nate, like nature, right? Like your natural healing process. Um, you know, I sometimes I think sometimes I think just being in tune when I say in tune like you know on the same vibe as like nature is really important, right? Like, and that's the real reason I got into like ultras was I I wanted like an excuse to run in the woods more. <laughs> you know, it's like just be out there more. Um, but I I kind of I wanted to to ask. You called like technology a distraction. Um, can you, I just want? Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, so um, technology is a tool, and when you have a certain goal, that tool can be useful or it can be a distraction. And so for me, my goal was to attune to myself and my own soul as deep as possible, and I didn't want to ingest anything, like not even food. And so I didn't want to take in any external stimulus like technology that could basically block the signal from my own truth. And so I believe nature is the most honest place. I think you do, too. And I think a lot of people really like being in nature when they feel safe, like no one steps their toes in the sand at the beach, looks out and is like, "Eh, this sucks. Like we're all like, this feels good. Like there's something calming about it's why people gravitate towards the coasts and towards the ocean in that way the mountains can be a little bit more mysterious because you just can't see through them as clearly. But when we're looking for our own truth, I think going into the most honest, truthful place, which is wilderness is a great aspect and technology um, really can cloud that signal. um, If that, if your goal is to find your own truth.
0: Yeah. I think there's two, there's two, there's two really important things there. Um, I don't think a lot of times people realize the distraction that it is, right? Um, and and it, maybe they do, and they just shove it down and keep it in their subconscious, right? But I, I'll tell you something that is uh, maybe uh, maybe a little. too, I hope my dad doesn't mind me sharing. Let me just say that. But I'm I'm back home. I'm not always back home, right? And the last time I was back home was this time last year. I finished my 100-miler. It was 100 miles south of here. Drove home, spent some time with my family while I just recovered, recouped, whatever. Um, and he keeps the TV on. Big 65-inch TV, loud volume all day. The second he walks in, turns it on. And we kind of like butt heads about it. Like, I actually, I don't watch TV, like, at all. Um, and I'm and and my thing is, I'm like, dude, it's like you're scrolling on Instagram while we're talking, is like what I always described to him. Um, and i think and you know he lives alone he uses it like tv can keep us company right can can keep us out of our own minds stuff like that um so i said i said D- for me will you turn the tv off like i just finished the hundred mile i just want like some peace like let's just talk whatever he turned it off and within 3 minutes i was looking at the call behind him he brought he brought something up right away when the tv was off that like he had the time to think about and it brought him to tears within 3 minutes like not, I'm not, like those three, 180 seconds. um, And just like kind of like happy tears. He was just like, man, like it just made him feel. It allowed him to feel. He was like, man, I just saw you like, it was raining. You kept running. And like, I was so proud of you and I'm happy to be there. And like just like a great father-son moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, imagine if we had the TV off all the of <laughs> time, right? Like imagine how many father-son moments we would have. Um, fast forward, you know, I haven't been home all year. And, you know, I, I I stayed at his house for a week and I left yesterday. And, you know, I wasn't um I wasn't gonna be like annoying about it. But, you know, it was our last night and I know um I'm actually moving to Denver in like two weeks, so I'll give you a holler actually. Um, but uh, you know, like I was like, I don't know if you know, I live nomadically, so I moved I'm moving there for a few months and then I'll be on my way. But mm-hmm. uh, I I, you know, I was like, Dad, you know, it's our it's our last night, like let's let's turn the TV off for dinner. Right. And um we flip the TV off, and dude, the exact same thing happened. He goes, Man, Sean, like it's he goes, it's like a weird thing when, you know, he's like, You're almost 30, like I'm in my sixties. He's like, There's there's a time where like the kid starts to kind of like become the parent and he goes, I feel like we're there, and like makes me feel old, and like I and he just was like, I just want good time with you. Just good one-on-one time with you. We don't get enough one-on-one time, right? And and like, you know, we both got like choked up. It was like a good like father-son moment. And again, I was like, dude, I was like, he might've beat his 180 <laughs> second record this this time. Um, and it just it just made me think. And look, um, I, I'm on here a lot, right? And I make an excuse because I'm like, oh, it's for work, right? I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing shit. But like it is a true distraction. And um, now I'm getting up on my soapbox a little bit, but if I was to push something on people, um, I would say to a lot of people maybe think about it, oh, like the phone's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. But if you're on it, other things aren't happening. And it's probably not as good as those other things, right? Or the phone, um, anything that actually um takes you out of quiet time you know even books i've found that some like read reading's amazing but like i think it's more important to make sure i get like i have my checklist of things to do throughout the day meditates one of them and meditates on a higher priority than reading because like you just need your quiet time with nothing before anything else before you in my opinion before your workout before your food your emails no matter what um and I don't think a lot of times we like think about the trade-off, right? Like people, dude, someone today, I took a hike with someone this morning and they said, uh, they're like, I always throw my TV on at night. It's like, dude, for how long? He's like an hour. I was like, if you meditated for that hour, you would be like <laughs> the, you'd be like, you know, the Dalai Lama, man. Like
1: <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I think it, it all comes down to what are you, what do you value and are your actions aligned with your values? and I think a lot of people would say that they value, like your dad, like he values that one-on-one time with you more than he values that TV. But it's maybe harder for him to stay in that space because it feels vulnerable. And so he'll lean on the TV because it feels a little more comforting. But over time, that'll hurt his... The hurt is like personal integrity because he knows that he wants this one thing, but his actions are going against his true desire. And so it'll hurt his confidence. And I think a lot of people, at least that I work with in my coaching business, struggle with that. They want a deeper relationship, but they watch porn. They want to have more friendships, but they just watch other people having friends on the TV show, Friends. Like they want want to read about amazing things. They want to do amazing things in their life, but they're too busy reading about other people doing amazing things. And so like, I really encourage folks to think, what are the actions that you truly value? And then audit yourself, look at your time and look at the things that are in your life. And is your time allocated appropriately to what you say you value? And if it's not, let's try to close that gap I've gotten a lot of people to get rid of their TVs. I mean, I don't own a TV. Um, A lot of people get rid of their video game system. There's a lot of a lot of it's a lot of time sucks, but it's really pulling away from you, and it's also really hurting the people that you're closest with, like your dad and you, as an example. And so I'm sure he doesn't want to hurt you, and doesn't necessarily view it that way. But you know, I live with a seven year old boy, and when he comes home, I do my absolute best to keep everything away so I'm fully present with him because he doesn't have a phone and he won't for a really long time but if I just like respond to an email while we're like playing catch it's so rude and it affects him so much more because he doesn't understand why I would do that he's like what are you doing we're having fun we're playing and you're just stopping it for this other thing that tells me that that's more important than me and so I think that's maybe a more extreme example, but we all feel that if someone pulls out their phone with us and Dude. we just give excuses to it. And it's just really not okay if we want to have deep, authentic, genuine relationships. Yeah, man, it,
0: we, do, we, do, we do all feel that and we all do that to other people. And I've been trying to be uh, very, very conscious of it. So much so that, you know, when you talk about getting away right at TVs and video games, people think that's maybe like crude. No, it's setting up your environment for success and like little things like, um, so it's really important to me to start my day strong, right? And what, when I'm living alone, that's easy. When I was at like my dad's, you know, like I'd get up, hit the gym, come back. And that's when he'd sit and kind of like watch the news and like get his day going. And he has a small spot. So like I just had to go to the, the coffee shop because... I knew if I was there, my options are, you know, I could just choose to spend that morning with him. Um, but I was gonna, trying to start my day with like my structure that I that I like. Um, and I knew like the only option that would have worked there was like looking at him, but sending emails and like doing this thing. And that's just, you know, you're not doing either and you're making him feel, you know, devalued. Um, and, you know, it is important thing for us to all be aware of. You know, like, uh, are you, are you able to uh, give someone the time of day and saying no is is important too. you know, it's funny. Me and my girlfriend are separate for 10 days right now. And, um, she calls me the, yes, the other day and I want to talk to her about something. I've got, i talking about all day running or talking about running man, Jesse Etzler. I bought his big ass calendar. We're going through the big ass calendar club. I don't know if you know that it is planning out your year, you know, and if you're in a relationship you got to plan out your year with someone. So we got one for Emma too. Um, and I, I I was excited that me and Emma, we, I was like, you know, like a dork. I said, Emma, let's put a 30 minute meeting on the books and let's map out our year, at least like high level. And we started talking and like a little bit, like she was telling me about like, like what she did that day, but we weren't getting into depth. It wasn't like how she was feeling or anything like that. And I was like, Hey, Emma, like, I don't, like, I don't want to be rude, but like, I want to get into like, what are your dreams for next year? And what, and I want to tell you about my dreams for next year. And like, let's get them on this thing. So it's like, it's not that I didn't want to hear about her day, especially, you know, if, if I was like, look, if you want to talk about that or you have something to share, do it. But like, like you were talking about prioritizing your time. Like if we spend 30 minutes and dream together and map out and design 2024, that's a conversation we're never going to forget. That's like what we came here to do. Um, And we did it. And like, you know, I didn't know what she ate for lunch or <laughs> she didn't know like what I did at the gym. It's okay. It's like, yeah, you know, I think a lot of times we look at those shallow like conversations, like as ways to like fill like loneliness, like needs, but it's like in reality, like we, we created a 2024 vision and plan that like we're vibing on now. And um, yeah, it's cool. Cause I started realizing like, like I would justify that I'd call, you know, a family member and you know, say that was like a good use of time, but we're just, we're keeping it like, you know, maybe shallower, just checking in on each other. it's like, I do think it's just so important to like audit your time. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Mike, I I know we gotta, I know we gotta wrap this up, but, uh, I want to ask you one thing. Um, and that is what's your big goal for 2024, man. I, you, I know you got something cooking, (laughs)
1: Yeah, I am. I'll kind of give you two goals. One would be the lead man, right? That race series, I didn't complete that last year. And so doubling down on it by just doing all the races. So that'll be a good kind of goal for me that will infiltrate a bunch of other aspects in my life, because it forces me to be much more diligent about my time. And Mm -hmm. the way that I am spending that most valuable resource um, and then the other is my coaching business. I'm going to be doing a lot more in-person events, um, online workshops. I'm really leaning into community super hard in 2024. Um, I'm stoked to be leading this full circle event, um, this upcoming weekend. And so that'll be a great kind of kickstart before the new year, but big community events is what I'm, what I'm into in 2024.
0: Nice. I mean, we'll, we'll, have to keep chatting because, uh, you know, link up with Bobby, we'll do tons of full circle events. I got to say, every, every minute I see someone signing up for it. So I think you guys will have a good turnout this weekend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Mike. yeah,
0: it's it has been a pleasure to have you, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm excited to hear how this weekend goes excited to be in your city in a couple of weeks. Um, and I just want to thank you. We talked about time at the end. And to make time for this is really important. So I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Sean. This was fun.
0: Hey, thank you for watching today's episode. If you got something out of this, it would mean so much if you could just take a second and give us a rating on whatever platform you're watching it on. And it would mean so much to the world if you could just find one person that you think this message resonates with and you could share that with them.
1: Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to share the next episode with you.